It's time for the End of Conversation Podcast With funny man Damian Lemon And the voice of your choice Ali Muhammad Alright, alright, alright <laughs> Zali Muhammad in this mug all by myself, you know what I'm saying? Solo, dolo, but I do have a guest. We ain't running this, uh, you know, monologue scenario. <laughs> this is this is me, and I got my homie in the building. Are we allowed to curse? Is this PG 13? Hey, people, are we allowed to curse on here? You know, can I just be, can I just I'll talk be cursing shit? up a motherfucker. Uh, okay, well, there it is. not to curse, but, you know, okay. when I hear myself back, I'll be like, damn, I curse a lot. <laughs> okay, we didn't already kicked it out then. So, in the building, we got uh, my man's, my mellow, yes, sir. Aaron Arnold. Aaron Paxton Arnold. Got that Paxton in there, buddy. This is his middle name? Yeah, hell yeah. It's, so, I look. I never nigga heard a nigga go with his whole middle name. Hey, look, man. So, when I got on, when I was on the, on the uh, radio here in Atlanta, I, I just happened to like look up a bunch of Aaron Arnolds one day on Facebook, and they was all white. Oh. And I was like, "Shit, nigga, this not gonna, this not gonna fly." So I remember calling the program director, like, "Look, man, on the promos and the introductions, I need y'all to go by Aaron Paxton." And he was like, "You know, that's gonna cut out like a second of your time when it's time to go in, whatever." And I was like, "I'll figure it out." But I was like, "You gotta say my full name, otherwise, what what differentiates me from anybody else with that name?" So they did it, thankfully. And, you know, AaronPaxonArnold.com, AaronPaxonArnold on IG, whatever, whatever. But that's my name. So your well, name is your name. Your name is your brand. Your brand is your equity. Well, there it is. Yeah. His name is Aaron Paxton Arnold. Yes, sir. He's in the building. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? I know Aaron. <laughs> Where I know you from? Fam you. Fam you. New York. New York. Vibe days. Vibe days. Coming into the office. Green. You know, just happy to be around type shit, you know. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, yeah, Aaron's been around for a minute. He was a, he's a FAMU graduate. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to J School. Shout out to the journalism school. Yeah, yeah. Omega Sci-Fi. <laughs> shout out to the Q's family. Absolutely. Gold boots. I think <laughs> your gold boots still <laughs> in my basement. I, I, that's cool. Somewhere in I my house. I was wondering where the motherfuckers was until you told me. I was like, ah, right, so I'm going to just go ahead and keep them there. Things dry rotted now. Hey, that's okay. What's down there in that just, cellar? Hey, right, 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 right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you know, he, he's he's a he's a seasoned marketer, PR person, turnt music industry intern, turnt, turnt. <laughs> uh, TV writer. Comedy, TV writer. In between that, radio speaker. I done had like four careers already. Yeah. Wow. So. Yeah. And he's not an old nigga either. Uh-huh. Birthday today, though, baby. <laughs> Your birthday today? Yeah. Get 40, the fuck out of here. 45, baby. You came here to do this? Uh, yeah, nigga. Why like, you here, nigga? You're supposed nigga. to be home. No, look. When you called, bro, I had my wife. My wife could hear you talking. And she she was like, go. It's like, it's certain, it's certain people that you go. It don't matter what the fuck I shit. I thought I was gonna have to go down to Midtown. But I it's like certain people like so I'm gonna tell y'all, like Ali, I've been blessed in my life to have like just certain people that you know. Like without those people, you you not I'm not here right now. Ali is one of those people. So like certain people call, man, you, you go. No questions asked. It is what it is, you know? It's just like you see a nigga fighting, you just pray that everybody come out all right, but you don't ask no questions. You just jump in that bitch to make sure your homie's straight. So 
Word up. Is, Word up. I appreciate you uh, oh. spending your birthday. Of course. I should have bought better liquor. Oh, man, we good. This what this shit make it real. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> shit. You know what I'm saying? I had you sipping on the corner of the good shit. Hey, I ain't have hey, look, much man, left. I feel like I'm an honorary Florida boy, man. And, you know, like, shit, nigga, we simple. Niggas don't. Even I'm from the south side of Chicago. Like, man, I'm simple, man. I don't, Good. All you need is a good drink, you know. As long as it's not no MD twenty twenty or no oh, Cisco. We've oh, been off that. I, ain't, I don't think I ever had no Cisco. Oh boy, high school that shit damn near killed me. Like, what the fuck is this liquid crack shit, bro? Yes, sir. But it was two dollars and thirty nine cent, baby, with tax. That was expensive. <laughs> I think a I think a quarter old English was a dollar twenty five or some oh, shit. Man, I couldn't even finish the old E. <laughs> Damn, I might be lying. I, you know, I'm old. I thought that shit was 99 <laughs> cent. And then the St. Ives, I man. Think, yeah, shit. I think it was a dollar something. Yeah, that's something about right. And then the St. Ives was too sugary. So I like, man, let me fuck with this old E. Word up. Hell yeah. So what's good with you, man? What you what's, what you up to? What you doing? How, he don't say hi. First of all, how'd you how'd you spend your early part of your birthday? Man, you know, I I did look, I'm not I because I go to bed so late, I'm not a morning person. You know what I'm saying? I get up, get my son ready for school, make sure he's straight, get him out the house. And I try to go back to bed for like an hour or so. But mm-hmm. I said today, today's my birthday. So I got up this morning, worked out early. Got the wife off to work, got the son out, and then I just got to work. I've been I've been working all day, bro. Like two cups of coffee and I, I just been I just been grinding, bro. So but it's been good because 'cause I'm like, man, I mean it's like like he say, like, who would have thought we'd have made it this far? Like you couldn't have told me, man, well growing up that shit, I didn't even know what forty five was. That shit seemed like crazy. Like a lot of niggas I knew weren't even making it to 18. Mm. So to make it to 16 and to make it to 18 and 21, 25, you're like, ooh. But, like, the older you get, you start to realize how precious life is. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and you, and, and so people, some people say, I get, and I get they don't celebrate birthdays, but, man. What did you do, though? I mean, I just been working, man. You know, oh, like you on your I mean, I just came, but I just came off a of homecoming. Which oh was lit. shit! Yeah, you know, you know what I'm saying. Like it's know how that. Yeah, up. it's Scorpio season, so I celebrate all season. I'm going to Panama in two weeks. Wife said, "Don't do nothing this week. You don't have nothing planned for this weekend coming up." So I'm gonna just, you know, my wife is great when it comes to celebrating me. I mean, she's amazing. So, you know, I'm just. But I, I like, man. I like. I like to work because I remember a time when I couldn't work or I wasn't working or money wasn't flowing the way it was supposed to consistently. So I woke up like people was like, you should take off. I'm like, nah, fuck that. I'm, I'm about to work and get this money and just do what I'm supposed to do. What you working on? So I, so two things I do. So like I said, I, I have a, I'm in the process of fundraising for my short, my short comedy film. So I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I write for an agency uh, based out in LA and New York. So every day I'm basically writing creators. I'm like the black Don Draper. If anybody's seen Mad Men, I'm like the black Don Draper. Mine is like the hose and the cigarettes. Word. <laughs> so, like, but it's cool. Like, I mean, how I got to college is based off my ability to write. Um, so you know it's funny the like the latter part of my career has been about my ability to write and talk mm. and you know whether it's speaking whether it's being on radio or tv or whatever like you know god gave me a gift um to be able to talk and write and so that's all i've been that's all i've been doing all day just knocking them shits out and, and keeping the moving well you know one of my old bosses once told me mm. writing is fighting <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Hey, do you, do you, do you feel like that, that as a writer sometimes mm-hmm. that you know 
Yeah, man. I mean, it, it's amazing, like, to see, um, like, I read a lot of scripts. I've done some script covers for some some major writers, and, like, I'm I'm in pre-production for my short, so, like, it's just amazing to see some shit that came out of my brain. I got in the final draft, which is the, the you know, the, the app, or not the app, but the uh, pro, pro program that you use to write your script on, and just to see how this shit is coming to life. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's like... You know, that's why I say never grow up because your imagination, at least for what we do as a living, is, is your is your bread and butter. Right. And um, it's it's cool, man. You know, um, I'm taking this shit super serious. You know, I take classes still like once a month. I, I, I watch these free seminars, master classes online. You know, I got hella niggas is like, you know, established showrunners, writers, stand up comedians. And so I tap into them as much as I can. And. To be forty five and to feel like I'm twenty one just because I'm I'm in an industry that's new, but I've been blessed enough to have a talent and have life experiences to to tell about it. Like, I mean, right. we all in the business of storytelling. Right. Mm-hmm. So don't skip that part. Right. Okay. So you say you feel twenty one. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> it's because you made this this writing this fictional creative writing mm. switch mm. at how old. Shit, what twenty COVID? Like, I mean, you know, COVID was bad. The pandemic was bad for a lot of people, so respect. But for me, it was twenty twenty was one of the best years of my life, um, because everything shut down, slowed down. Like that first week, I went into panic mode because I'm like, damn, everything I was supposed to do was just done. Mm-hmm. But at the same token, like, uh, I had a I had a friend mentor named Jamie Gideon. He's a writer and creator of Ambitions, which is on Stars now. I was on OWN. Mm-hmm. And he used to bring me scripts all the time. And Jamie used to do PR for the CDC. And Jamie wrote a, wrote a pilot, pitched it to Will Packer. Will loved it, and the rest is history. So Jamie was like, "Aaron, I think you could do this too." But I kind of brushed it off because that meant I would have to take a break from all the other shit I was chasing as far as money is concerned. Blah blah blah. Pandemic hit. What shit to do? One of the things that Jamie did to get his uh, television writing career started, he he took classes in Emory. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm not afraid to follow people's footsteps. So I took classes at Emory. Mm-hmm. And um, the classes that I wanted weren't available. So the only classes was television and sitcom and comedy writing. And I fell in love with it, man. And, um, you know, I, th- I, I equate comedy and comedy writing. It's like feeding the baby vegetables. Like, But the baby, your child might not like vegetables, so you put it in applesauce. Same message, same energy, but you're kind of just masking it. So, um, you know, I... No matter what's going on, people pay. They pay to laugh. Like, niggas go to strip clubs, comedy clubs, and whatever else. It don't matter how broke motherfuckers is. Niggas need to laugh. Niggas need to see some hoes. And that's it. You know? And so, uh, I'm just like, you know, it's a lot of people that have, um, it's never too late to start over. It's never too late to pursue your passion. I'm like, as soon as, as long as God allow my mind and fingers to work, I'm going to be straight. Word up. Yeah. Word and and up. I'm good and so, I'm good at it. So what's your um <clears throat> in doing so, you know what I mean, you, you make all these moves. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? What is like the project you know, I I hate when people skip over your project that you're yeah. working on now. Yeah. So I ain't gonna do it. Yeah. I'm gonna take all that back. Because <laughs> you know what I'm saying, a lot of times people Now I'm keeping it close right now. No, 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 no. A lot of people, you know, you'll meet somebody right and, and, and you done just say with this documentary that I just did. Mm-hmm. And the people here, they, they hear me talk about the last few, four, four, five weeks. And it's here in the world now mm-hmm. on Xfinity. Uh, okay. Soon to be on Zumu.tv. Mm-hmm. 
Zumo with an X. X U M O dot TV. Promoted. Promoted. You know what I'm saying? I didn't mean to do no promotions, but it yes, just, you did. It just came should. out. It just came out. Yeah. Any old way. <laughs> uh, um, you know, you spend 10, 11 months mm-hmm. fucking killing yourself mm-hmm. trying to get something done. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm People don't tell you how difficult it is sometimes to right. execute a project from start to finish. Man. You know what I'm saying? Not, <laughs> Not something that somebody just hired you on right. and you just play one little part. Right. But when it's your project, it's coming out your mind and and it's uh and it's and you wanna see it through all the way in the way that, that you wanna see it. You know what I'm saying? It gets tough. And right. then you go through this whole shit, you put it out. You go to homecoming, yeah. you see the motherfuckers, and they be like, hey, man, I see you did that right, documentary. Right. <laughs> What's next? Right. Nigga. Right. Nigga, this shit is next. <laughs> this shit is here. This shit is next, nigga. The, the, the next part of this shit is yeah. go watch it. Yeah, live in the present. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, watch yeah. it. We got to promote it. Right. Gotta, but you know what I'm saying? It's almost like dismissive to... The process, yeah, but, but people don't know the process, so you can't blame them. Most that's just how I feel, not. and yeah. I know better, so yeah. I don't want to skip over the short that you're, yeah, you worked all your birthday on writing yeah. scripts and yeah, fucking yeah. Did change your life. Call, now, I've been calling niggas for money all day, raising money yeah. for it. Like, now, nah, I mean, you know, this has been an 18 month process from the time. I mean, it's you know, so one of the things I learned from Jamie, uh, the writer and creator I just mentioned, was like, he's like, write what you know. So this project was just kind of inspired by like me, my new life, you know, a new comedy writer and the the whole set. I don't want to get too much away yet because I'm just not ready for it. But like it's just been inspired by like what I'm going through. And um, ironically, like when I wrote my first draft, I sent it to one of my mentees who I hired Mm -hmm. at the radio station. But he was he was a television and film major at UGA. He's phenomenal. And I sent it to him. He's like, I like it. But he started giving me notes. Mm-hmm. And so I went through like five drafts before I even reached out to, we started casting for the next actor. Then from there, we started workshopping it. And it's been like a 20-month process, almost a two-year process. Mm-hmm. From the time I wrote it to the time I pitched it to bring on a director. I mean, I've done, and even then I've done several rewrites with the, in different phases of, of the short just because I've watched stuff that's inspired me and I wanted to challenge myself to, to just make it funnier than what it what it is now. So mm-hmm. now we're at a point where we feel good about it. We have a DP or director of photography on board. Who we, y'all got? Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's just a, I would say you know, he's not a name, but he's just a young, yeah. I say young kid. Um, okay, you, but you like his work. His work's phenomenal. Like so, everybody. Well, not everybody, but on the creative side, like twenty six, twenty seven. Like it's at one point, they were all my mentees mm-hmm. but they're like phenomenally talented and so in some respects they're mentoring me through this process right um and so it's been dope we got we put the sizzle reel together the pitch deck is done uh we have two producers already on and so i just been tapping into my network uh you know one thing through this journey as you know like you know like w- one thing about it like it don't matter how talented you are that the hustle is the hustle right you know um and so i have hustle about me and uh, so now I'm, we at the point where it's time to. So I, I had I had two ways I could go into this writing thing. I had a way where I could sweat people to put me onto a show as a junior writer, or whatever. And even when I got my certificate, I did. I was on this digital show for uh, PBS. Mm-hmm. That was good for four months, but 
I got a, I got a little dose of how the it works. There was a discrepancy between the executive producer who was my boss and the executive the VPs at at the network and the net the VPs of the network they controlled the budget. So they was like, okay, motherfucker, well if y'all don't want to do it our way, we about to freeze the whole thing. And the first person to go was me. So, but cool, I, I got why cred- y'all ain't do it their way. I don't. That's that's beyond, that was beyond my pay grade. Right. I was just happy to be a writer on the show in a writer's room, and right. it was it was an amazing experience. I got paid for four months, but the blessing of that was now I had time on my hands. So now I had time to write my own shit. I wrote a pilot. I wrote this short, and then also I had the opportunity to start writing for um, this agency in L.A. And so the blessing of writing for this agency in L.A. is I haven't had writer's block since, and they mm-hmm. paying me good money. To right, do what I because love because you're exercising the muscle every exercising day. Exercising the muscle. Before that, I was str- I, I was struggle to turn it on. Now, like nigga, you could give me uh, a topic and whatever, and I I could probably knock out twenty pages in a week. Like mm-hmm. that's just that's how my mind is working right now. So like the universe of God works out everything how it's supposed to. You just have to be flexible enough to accept it. And it's not comfortable at all. Like the shit is like, man, what the fuck am I doing? But um, and I have anxiety now because I'm like. The closer you get, the realer it gets. Right now, I, and I got motherfuckers depending on me. Like motherfuckers is like, damn, I love this shit. Like they like, oh, this shit gonna take me to another level based off of what was in my head. Mm-hmm. So you can't quit. You can't turn back. You just gotta move forward and just let it fall where it falls. Bird up, hell yeah. So yeah. now that y'all caught up on what Aaron got the fuck going on, yeah, you know man, what I'm now we gonna get to the conversation yeah. part of <laughs> this episode. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We gonna get to what y'all normally. You know what I'm saying? Used to hearing. Yeah. You know, I, I been uh, probably we probably had to take a pause on the on the shows that we we review and critique. So mm. hopefully that don't uh, <laughs> you know cause half of you to to move along and stop listening. But you know, D's not here. The Thrones is over. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Got down. I think we still got one more episode of of, of uh, Raising Canaan to talk about. Nah, I think it's over. I know, but I don't oh, think okay. we talked about that okay. finale. Well, maybe we did. That's, well, that's my shit, though. Maybe it's over. Maybe we we no. we we capped that. Maybe maybe me and Aaron will chop it up about the season and and, and get to that. That's but uh, you know, this is the point where you ask me what's going on. I mean, so like, I, look, man, this shit's so wild. Like, you know, like I said, Ali called me like two hours ago. Yeah, something like that. And shit, I was sipping on some some good stuff. And it just didn't matter. It was like, nigga, I'm pulling up. So, you know, it's 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 rare where you get to. I, I believe in giving people that, that have put me on flowers. So, like, I'm honored to just be here, bro. Like, and, and uh, I feel like I know what's going on with you because I follow you. But, you know, I follow you. I know you. You know, uh, I, I've i never seen a situation that, like, shook you. You know, even when you be like, yo, hey, I'm, <laughs> you know how you are, <sighs> you know, I'm trying to, but I'm like, but you always make that shit happen. So what is happening with you, young brother? You know what I'm saying? Well, it's funny you would ask. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Because I sipped this good drink. Yeah, yeah. That, you know what I'm saying? It took a minute to get there, but you got there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, shit, everything cool, man. The guy here just working. You know what I mean? I was at homecoming. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And he made an appearance. Weekend. I got a picture with that nigga on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> so I popped in the homecoming right quick. I couldn't make it early because you know it was a lot of gang of work going on. But yeah. I, I did pop out Saturday mm-hmm. for the tailgate mm-hmm. for the game. 
you know what I'm saying? It was only appropriate after dropping a homecoming doc to yeah. show up to homecoming. And what? And t- I mean, you got to tell the people, dog, the doc, I saw this shit and I was like, ooh, this shit is so on time and this shit makes so much sense. And and, and the components to the doc, it, it, was, it was beautiful to see. It's like, because homecoming, HBCU homecoming, there's so many, there's so many, there's a multitude of, uh, of experiences that you go through from start to finish, and and when I even I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, this is it, like this is it. So like, you got to tell the people what it's about. Man, man they know what it's about. They be with me every week. <laughs> I don't I told care. Them what it was about two weeks ago. Hey, but you the might last get, week. But what would you tell me? You might have that one new, you know, new people that need to know. So hit them with the thirty seconds. Listen, man, we supposed to be talking about homecoming right now. Yeah, we fam, are you homecoming, hey, fam. You homecoming, and your doc. The documentary is part of that. Yes, you know it saying? is. So it's, part, it's part of, we covered a little bit of, mm-hmm. of fan you, but they know about the doc. I talk extensively okay. Okay. about the doc from when okay. I started it. Then I was motherfucking when it was ready. Okay. Talk to the people that All know. Right. They know what it is. And this weekend, mm-hmm. I was able to go and experience homecoming for myself. Yeah. Now, yeah. I've been doing homecoming programming. Hmm. Since 2000. So what's that? 20 some years, right? Yeah. I may have missed four years of homecoming programming. Okay. Between the Yard Fest, mm-hmm. that, that you know what I'm saying? The Yard Fest was lit, though. You know what I'm saying? Then the nigga <laughs> activated, you know, yeah. legend, the legendary Yard Fest that the people talk about. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, we activated that to yeah. what it is. When you say we, you got to tell the people we, though, what we is, though. We is me, Vibe Magazine. Yeah, thank you. Uh, got down Kenny McAllister. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was there when we invented the shit. And it was a young nigga. Damn, I can't remember. This young nigga named Bobby. Mm-hmm. That was the homecoming chair at Howard. Okay. 2000, the year 2000. Okay. And, and, um. We had this idea to bring a big stage and bring a bunch of artists mm-hmm. to Howard Homecoming and four other homecomings. So it was like North Carolina A&T, a couple of them. It didn't stick at no other school, but it stuck at Howard that first year okay. because Jay-Z ended up performing. Oh, shit. So okay. the kid Bobby was very instrumental in changing the trajectory of Howard Homecoming because mm-hmm. He allowed us to do the deal. Okay, you know what I'm saying. He was he was he was on the the homecoming board, mm-hmm. and he had vision enough to say, "Yo, I want to take this shit to the next level." Right. And then we came with this, and he was like, "Yeah, let's do it." Yeah. So we came. We brought about twenty some artists, mm-hmm. and and we had failed. How it was the last of five schools, and we had failed at four schools. Okay. You know what I'm saying it was all just <laughs> no. We just we failed. Yeah. Miserably. <laughs> so when we got to Howard, we finally had an audience. Mm-hmm. We finally was grooving mm-hmm. and getting getting to it. Mm-hmm. And then um, Jay-Z and Rockefeller was in town. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we was texting. Uh, we was two-waying. Yeah, I was, we was two way in. We was yeah. two-waying with uh, Mike Kaiser. Okay, Mike Kaiser. Shout out to you Mike Kaiser. Saying? Shout out to Mike Kaiser, who was at yeah. Def Jam, head of all of the promo stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Mike Kaiser, they had 
Rockefeller in town because Jay was promoting that record with Pharrell. I'm a hustler, mm-hmm. baby. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Where I've been, where I'm about to go. Just give it to me. So they were and they were promoting that record. That record was a smash at the time. Yeah, yes, sir. So they were in town. Howard Homecoming. And we were like, yo, can you get them to the stage? <laughs> he was like, man, I'll try. So yeah. we just going back and forth all day. Yeah. And he got on the campus, and they walked on the stage. But for anybody that's listening that went to Howard, that's around that era, that know anything about that era of the Yard Fest, between me, Kenny, mm-hmm. Bobby from the university, from the student body, mm. homecoming committee. But it was really Biz Marquee that forced Jay-Z to perform. Oh, shit. You know Rest in peace, Biz. Because Biz. Yeah. Biz, what Biz did, he identified that all of the camp was there. Mm. So what he did was, boom. All right, well, I'm going to play a Beanie Seagull record. Hmm. And he'll play a Beanie Seagull record with, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, that with Mike have Man Bleak on it. And they, yeah. and they just, they rock the mic on yeah. their record because they young, they, they right. upstarts, they, they right. ready. Yeah, hell Then yeah. he'll play, you know what I'm saying, he played all the little records, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. that made the young cast perform. Then he put on a Jay-Z record, mm-hmm. but it wasn't the record that right. Jay-Z wanted. Right. You know what I'm saying? He put on a Jay-Z record. Jay-Z rocked it for a couple of verses. Mm-hmm. Then, then Biz will put on a, a Memph Bleak record. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, and then he put it on another Jay record. Jay was like, man, cut the shit now. Just fucking play the record. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he played that goddamn Give It To Me and brought the house down. It was yeah. a legendary moment. That's, and that's it big. created... the What it is, what Yardfest became. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and um, you know, that goes down in HBCU Hall of Fame. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So when like my niece started at Howard, mm-hmm. and they at fucking orientation, mm-hmm. and Yard Fest is part of the orientation. Yeah, I was like, damn. Yeah, you know what yeah. It was like <laughs> when when I stopped doing it, and they started doing some other stuff with it, and then it got shut down. Mm-hmm. For a couple of years or a year or two, and they brought it back. Mm-hmm. The Washington Post was like, you know, this year's the return of the Yard Fest, one of DC's greatest musical legacies. I was like, damn, man, that's big shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Because I know how instrumental. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Nah, I remember the group I was managing at the time. They first performance was at Clark Yard Fest because of you. What group was that? It's they was called the Union. They was from Albany, Georgia. Yeah, I remember the them. Them niggas, man. They was talented, but they was whatever. <laughs> they, they be hitting me today, like, man, we sorry, man. You know, whatever. But it's all good. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. But, you know, that's but what it, it was about. Yeah. Give it one. See, the the thing about it is, a lot of times mm-hmm. when the school take when you stop doing it, then the school kind of take over to keep keep it going. Right. They don't really understand the formula mm-hmm. of how it became magical. You right. know what I'm saying? Because it's not about the big artists that perform. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's the right. mix of small, mid-sized artists that perform. It's a it's a it's a it's a whole formula. Right. You know what I'm saying? And as a, as as I got to doing it more and then other schools started kicking in, because the second year I wasn't having no failures. I'm like, yo, this is how I had to fucking mm-hmm. fix this. So 
you know, when you 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 got to put a mix, you know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. not the big artist. The right. big artist is just the bonus, the right. cherry on top. Right. It's how do you curate the smaller artists? Right. You know what I'm saying? The, yeah, the, that's a it, legacy right there. Right, you know what I'm saying? It's like my formula at the time was you got to find that nigga that got that record that's hitting in that city uh-huh. that ain't went nowhere yet. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But they they jamming to this record in the club in, yeah. in that city, in right. Tallahassee, in Tuskegee. Or, right, right. You know what I'm saying? Right. In April. Mm-hmm. So in April, you trying to find out who that person is. Yeah. And yeah. then you like, okay, you lock that person in in April when they still local. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But by the time it become October... That record has started to move a little bit. So I remember when the group I was managing, that was like oh six, oh seven. And brother Yardfest at Clark was so crazy. Like they had it was like vendors. Which one you did? Who was on it? I can't remember, man. Was that the one with Tia? It might have been. But I just remember like pulling up to that bitch and it was it wasn't just about it was about the culture as a whole. It wasn't just about music. So like What year was it? It had to be uh oh six or oh seven two thousand seven oh two thousand six I think I'm pretty sure it was two thousand six. Yeah, I wanted to, yeah, to, I was already. But big. I just remember like it was like it was this vendor. It was a whole experience. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just like okay the state. It, it was crazy. I was I didn't know because you know I was just look man we just trying to get on like you got a slot right cool daytime early you daytime you got three minutes one p.m. you know whatever but like, you used to be mad about them three minutes man so what but see that's that's the thing that's a whole nother conversation my motherfuckers didn't need, needed to be humble like sometimes like not to not to knock Albany Georgia but like man you, man, could, you ain't finna knock Albany Georgia nah I fuck with Albany all, Georgia you know but like I, I have Albany ties to Albany Georgia but like I had I had people that was from Albany and they was talented and everybody knew them but dog, this this vibe magazine, this yard fest, like you gotta be humble. You got like you gotta show up on time. Like I remember these niggas showed up late. Like out, you know, whatever. But yeah, the, the yard fest, man, that shit was a whole it was a whole experience. Like, you know how motherfuckers like I feel like sometimes overuse they say the culture, the culture, the culture. But like what that platform did is it brought out the culture. So music music is such a special thing. It bring out the niggas that's in the fashion. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It bring out the motherfuckers that's in the dance or, you know, whatever the culture is, is is holding up, it's going to bring out all of those people so that they can eat, so that they can live, so that they can expose their energy, their product, mm-hmm. their brand, their platform. And that's what um, and that's what Yardfest did. And, of course, it was powered by, by like, an, uh, a platform that really, I, I don't want to say gave birth to the new wave of culture because – but it, in my opinion, it did. I mean, you had the you had the source, but vibe was just it was different. Shout out to fam, you. All right, okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, I'm just getting off track. Yeah, you off track. You but I was just saying, I'm just know, thinking about that shit. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, you you think, reminisce. Yeah, you I think I had that shit. Really mind this bitch. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you, you reminiscing papoose. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! That's what happened when you get the goddamn drinking and shit. Damn that shit! Hey, you gotta take control of this shit. Hey, you start being like your drunk uncle. You like nigga, what are you talking about? We're just you on aeronautics, nigga. We got the people that's trying to follow along, man. We talk about home. Coming. Yeah, we talk about and I'm saying that, you know, I went off on a tangent myself. I had to, you know, mm-hmm. but doing those types of events over the last 20 years, I've never been to a homecoming, mine or anyone else's, and not been working. Yeah. So sure. this year was the first year that I just popped out on my own regard mm-hmm. just to 
enjoy homecoming and it was strange right you know what i'm saying yeah i didn't I know what you. to do with myself no nah, i feel you, you. Know this, what I'm this is my first homecoming the same i had the, i did the family thing like i didn't, I didn't host no i did speak thursday on a panel mm -hmm. but outside of that i had absolutely nothing to do but just make sure mom dad son daughter wife everybody enjoyed themselves and it was cool like my heart that was what two days ago like my heart my spirit was full mm -hmm. um and i and i it, it, it made me realize like I didn't realize I graduated in 2000. I've been going to homecomings, our homecomings, since then. And in 2016, it hit me. I was like, man, I see why we come back to homecoming because for the first time, everything slowed down for me. And I was like, man, black people come to restore their spirit. Like, this is the one place, like, homecoming, HBCUs is, is Wakanda before Wakanda was ever thought of. Mm -hmm. It's the perfect place where you could be yourself without threat of anybody really judging you or firing you or you losing whatever. I mean, the people that's judging you going to be your own people. Yeah, so, it's going to be know. on your people. So you straight. So, you know, you, I mean, yeah. you, you should be able to handle that. Right, but, exactly. But what I learned in the process of making a doc is that a lot of people that went to FAM or mm -hmm. went to the HBCUs went to all white high schools and all white schools all their life. I didn't know that. I ain't not either. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know that many people. I thought everybody was came from black ass environment like me. Yeah. But yeah. Me in too. doing it, it was like, no, I, I you know, it was my first time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Being even even Will, mm. his his in his story, you know what I'm saying? He had been in white schools. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And he had never been around that many black people really at the same time. I, I by the way, I ain't get asked to do, be part of this. Documentary, nigga. You know we saying? not here for your emotional <laughs> distress, my nigga. I'm just saying, I got a good homecoming story Listen, from '94. I, 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 I purposefully did not, <laughs> I did not control the guest booking right. on purpose uh, yeah. because I did not want the doc to be informed just by my peer group, right? Just absolutely. you know, what I'm saying my friends, yeah, absolutely. I didn't want my doc to be just all my friends because y'all niggas ain't gonna answer the questions. I, <laughs> like I need to ask questions. You're gonna be off on another tangent like right. you are I, right now on I, the pod talking look. about emotional distress <laughs> because he wasn't invited hey, to look. be in the doc. Hey, Nigga, goddamn! Hey, and you did the right thing, but I'm gonna just tell you this. I gotta say this. My dad took me to homecoming, fam. You 1994. Florida State had their homecoming the same weekend, ironically. And I had other schools on the on the list. But after that shit, it wasn't no other school but the school that I went to, which is FAMU. Mm -hmm. And it was something about that experience. It was about my dad taking me down there. I saw my dad as a human being. My dad was in the band when he was a fam, so they let the alumni march. So I seen my dad march, and it was mm -hmm. like, damn, like, who the fuck is this? You yeah. didn't know your dad in that manner. I didn't know my dad you in that manner. You thought he just was born old. I, I didn't think he was born, but like my dad, like he was hard. Oh, I like said he was born old. Oh yeah, yeah. That like, nigga been old his old. Yeah, life. yeah. I just man, like you know, he he was like now my dad's a musician. You know, he my, matter of fact, I gotta shout out my dad. He started the music business program at Kentucky State. Like Midnight Star was his. Students. That's a black school. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody came Frank on one. Kentucky. Somebody came on one of our shows yeah. and like, yeah, I'm from an HBCU, yeah, yeah, the yeah. best HBCU. I'm like, what's one? Kentucky State. I was like, mm. yeah, yeah. Well, how I my dad it. got to Kentucky State, Doctor Foster. Oh, you right. know, founded of my yeah, yeah. My dad was in the band. That was his first job. Like I said Midnight Star was his student, so I know a little history. But still, that's the dad. People don't though. know who Midnight Star is. Midnight Star know. is like you like know, no parking, baby, on the dance floor. I don't know the songs that they. Yeah, they were no parking, baby. Okay, 
but that's midnight. I just know midnight no star. No parking on the dance floor. Yeah, so that's a good eighties. My dad got song. a story where they asked him to manage them, but he was teaching. He was a young nigga, so he ain't do it. But the whole point of all that shit is that, like, I saw my dad as a as a human being, and I saw I'm from the south side of Chicago, and I and I went to school with it. I went to my school was probably seventy percent black, but I had never seen young black people in that manner before, mm. and I was like, shit, mm. like it, it eighty degree weather. Black people, beautiful women, and I can get an education. I don't got to worry about it. nobody robbing me, shooting me because I got my hat, whatever, whatever. And and it for me, me personally, it was something about this being in the state of Florida mm-hmm. in Tallahassee. Mm-hmm. First girl I ever saw had a gold grill, and she was beautiful. And she was a biology pre-med major. I said, sign me up because it just showed me the multitudes of black people, mm-hmm. you know. And that's what homecoming did for me on so many levels. So, like. Man, I, I, you know, so she I, had gold teeth. She had a gold grill. I she don't want to say her Miami. name, but yeah, she was, yeah, she was from Miami, and you know. Why you don't want to say her name? Cause I don't know. I'm a lot of shout out. Shout out to Keto. 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 Yeah. What? What's Keto last name? I can't remember Keto last name. She gonna kill me. She's beautiful. She. Yeah. She ain't got a grill no more. Nah, Keto like she a mom with two. Switch the things out to the whites. Yeah, yeah, but you know, she she used to rock with the Ghost Town DJs a little bit and so forth, but like. I just remember that. And in Chicago, like, that's the beauty. That's why I always tell people, like, you got to get out your own fucking hood, neighborhood, see some shit. Because mm-hmm. in Chicago, if you had any kind of gold or silver, nigga, you generally cracked out. What? Gold? You gold and you cracked out? Nigga, like, it, it wasn't probably real gold. It's just, it's just you drink an old-style beer. Like, I, that's the era I come from. So, like, to, to go to Tallahassee, Florida and meet niggas from Ocala, Polk County, mm-hmm. Dade County, you know what I'm saying, uh, Vero Beach, not even Vero Beach, but Gifford. Mm-hmm. Like, I really got to see the multitude of what black people are, right? And they still beautiful. Like, up north in the Midwest, even though we country, we have a a, a a southern influence. They would be shunned if they came up there. But I, but it just felt home. Now, my daddy from Chattanooga, Tennessee, so I always had that in me. But that was the beautiful thing about it. So I always joke. My wife from Tampa. Mm-hmm. So I always joke, like, I, I really feel like, I felt like home, you talking about homecoming, me going to, to the fan was the first time I felt like I was at home. Mm. As much as I love Chicago, as much as I love, I'm thankful that I grew up how I grew up, I never felt home until I went to Tallahassee. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And like, that was just, that was just dope. So like. That's keto? Yeah. Yeah, that's keto. That's keto. She is beautiful. Yeah. That's, that's my nigga. So. I mean. You yeah. know. That's that's welcome to Florida, nigga. Yeah, yeah, welcome to Florida. Like you know, keto. Uh, it's funny, like Crystal Cole. She's from Miami. Crystal Cole, a big time executive, Amazon. Used to work for Jeb Bush. Like uh, you know, well, Miami turned out some good individuals. I man, tell y'all you. motherfuckers got it popping, boy. <laughs> and, and I'm not even talking about football, like man, y'all niggas, boy. Y'all is, but that's that's the beautiful thing. That's why you have to. Um, the one thing that's so wild about the shit too, when you talk about homecoming, I'm sure you touched on it in the documentary, is like, man, so many people was like, man, going to HBCU ain't gonna prepare you for real life. Like you been seeing black people your whole life, like you need to be, whatever. I remember my mama would say, excuse me, my mama went to Central State. My mama would say, well, if you're 17, 18, you don't know what the real world is like, you definitely don't need to go to no PWI. And, and I'm not knocking it, but I know so many people that went to PWI with that same mentality. And they ended up dropping out. Like, for me, I was like, why the fuck I want to go to a college and have niggas spray painted on my dorm room? I deal with that shit and once I graduate. 
But nigga, I'm trying to, I'm trying to like find myself, have a sense of self. Yeah, but but see, most see a lot of times when you're 17, 18, Mm -hmm. and then you got parents and shit just trying to do the best for you and trying to make sure you be successful in your life. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, everybody skip sense of self. Yeah, everybody skips self actualization. You know what I'm saying. So I didn't know that until I tried to do 21st Century Hustle as a magazine. And we talking self actualization was really the DNA of the book. You know right. what I'm saying? But nobody want to hear that shit. Right. Nigga. That ain't no concept that that is taught nowhere along your whole journey as a student. Right. Nobody is telling you that you need to self actualize. Right. And find your place. Right. Within yourself. Right. You know what I'm saying? To become, a, you know, your most powerful self right nobody teaching you that shit right that's some shit you just gotta pick up on a book you know what i'm saying they mm-hmm. they gonna skim past maslow's hierarchy of needs and you hitting them with them real which, shits, huh? <laughs> which is you know what i'm saying which is only part of the battle you know what right. i'm saying right because right. you know there's been studies that shown that he stole that shit from native americans Probably you know so. what I'm saying? <laughs> who had who had already had it mapped out to self actualization, mm-hmm. but then there's a next level to the shit that they you know what I'm saying pretty much hiding from us all, hmm. which is community actualization, and that's why the, the I'm saying the Native Americans was living out this bitch peacefully, right, and managing the land and not running out of resources because they they protecting the resources and they you know what I'm right. saying they make a kill they gonna talk to the kill. All right, all right, Buffalo. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know right. that, you know what I'm saying, you didn't want to die today. Right. But we got to eat. Right. And we're going to appreciate that that, that you that gave sacrifice. your life yeah. to sacrifice for us yes, sir. To, to feed our tribe. Right. Okay? Absolutely. And we appreciate you. And then, you know, one of the things that stuck, even before I knew that, was I read something somewhere along the lines mm. where it was like, you know, they wear moccasins. Mm. So, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, they walk soft, so they don't, you know what I'm saying, they don't, you know, piss the ground off, as Lil Wayne would say. Mm-hmm. I walk soft, I so I don't piss the ground off. That, and that was like, that was one of they kind of things. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you got to treat the earth right. as one of, as part of you. Right. You know? Right. So, you know, you it's take all shit. that stuff in, and but you don't get that from education. Right. So some way you got to get it along the along the way, mm-hmm. and when you get to a black school and them all black people from all over the country and the world, mm-hmm. you get to realize where you stand with black people, mm-hmm. and when you realize where you stand with black people and it's all good, mm-hmm. when you go in the world, can't nobody fuck with you. Period. You know what nigga. I'm saying? I was walking down the street in New York. Mm-hmm. White lady said, "Nigger." Oh uh, yeah, yeah. In New York City, you wouldn't even think it was like nigger, a hard nigger with the hard R at the Shit, end. What? I was fresh. I had just got back from the Hamptons. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, you said uh, I just got back from the Hamptons. I had just, yeah, I had, I had, just, I had just got back from the Hamptons. Hey, she I was a like, hater. I was in Sag Harbor with with all the blacks that was just doing good. Yeah, and I was yeah, being yeah. indoctrinated in, into the space. You know what I mean? Shout out to Slim Pickens, mm. Pickens Perch. You know what I'm saying? The whole Pickens family who, you know what I'm saying, invited me in to, to sh- that's who showed me Sag Harbor in the first place. Right. 
So I'm feeling good by myself. As you should. You know what I'm saying? I've been, been around the blacks. Mm-hmm. We doing good out in the world. Mm-hmm. I done came from family. You. Yes, yes, I, yes. I know where I stand with black people upward, downward, yeah. sideways. Yeah. That little nigger don't mean shit to me. Yeah. Because you more mad than I am. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You, you looking at me like... Who the fuck he think he is? Right. Never. She spent all that time and energy on that. I'm bullshit. not even thinking about her. Not she invisible to me. Right. Because when I was at FNU, when mm-hmm. I was in my neighborhoods, mm-hmm. when I was at Sag Harbor, mm-hmm. you wasn't there. Thank you. In my formidable years, and, and I was formulating. Will, you never will be. And I was formulating myself. Mm-hmm. You weren't there. Right. Facts. So Facts. the way I feel about me has nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. So what you say to me don't even fucking matter. Yeah. Hell yeah. You invisible. Right. Bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Bitch. <laughs> right. So I laughed. I chuckled at her motherfucking ass. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Right. And I kept it fucking moving. Thank you. Because she had no impact on my shit. Yeah. yeah. See what I'm saying? So that's HBCU shit. Yeah. Because. Hell yeah. I like that shit. It's man. not. You're not stifled in that space. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? You, you're, you're able to, to be. Man, that shit showed me what I could be. I'm gonna just say that, like, you know, only I mean, even when my parents went to HBCUs, like a different world was the reason I went. To be honest, with you. a lot of people said that in the yeah. doc. Like, and I and I know the episode where it was the episode. I think it was second season where they did the dorm staff show mm. competition, and I was just like, damn, again, look at these beautiful sisters. Like, ooh, I was like, oh yeah, I'm going, I'm going to an HBCU. Mm-hmm. And it was just a matter of which one, when, how. I don't know, but I know I'm going because I well, fuck. I want to go to college for and not see that. Well, that hadn't happened yet when I made my decision. <laughs> Even school days hadn't happened yet when I made. I made my decision in in tenth grade. Okay, I was in a I was in a physics class. Yes, and physics. My lab partner was was a when I got to to my high school. My school was known for having pretty girls. Okay, but then within the school, there was one group of girls that were prettier than them all. Damn. You know what I'm saying? We used to call them the fine crew. <laughs> the FCs. All, it was like goddamn. It's about fifteen of them. They just <laughs> Just had our attention all yeah. lunch. Like, ah, yeah. damn, look yeah, at yeah. them. You know what I'm saying? But they were all like seniors and juniors mm-hmm. and shit. Mm-hmm. And so when when um I'm in this class, one of them was in my class. Mm-hmm. And my lab partner, she couldn't take it no more. She was like, oh, I ain't fucking with this class. I'm getting right. out of here. So I had a lab table and no lab partner. <laughs> and then it was like five, six desks that didn't have no lab table. Right. So one day we got to class and um, she raised her hand mm-hmm. and she was, he was like, yeah, okay. She was like, yeah, can I be Holly's lab partner? <laughs> Bow. I'm like, you know my name. <laughs> right. I'm, ah! I'm, you know what I'm saying? I'm a young, I'm a young bug. You know yes, what I'm sir. I'm young bug, like, hey, okay, you're the ride, my nigga. Okay, what happened? Yeah, let's get it. Let's so, go. So it was all we 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 had a good time. I made a yeah. good friend with a with a fine. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, but she was going to Howard. She was okay. in 12th grade. Okay, I'm in 10th grade. Mm-hmm. She was going to Howard. I was like, man, I don't know what Howard is. Yeah, but I'm going to that motherfucker. <laughs> I don't know what I need to do, but yeah. I'm doing it. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? So I took my motherfucking SAT the summer after tenth grade, mm-hmm. and I got my little score, and I applied to that bitch, mm-hmm. got in. 
Okay. Good shit, man. And it was time to go. My dad was like, oh, no, you're not going there. Yeah. That okay. shit cost too much. Okay. In the state, had, baby. Then I had, to, I had to figure some other shit. No, he was like, go to community college. I'm like, nigga, please. <laughs> I ain't get all these motherfucking A's and B's right. to go to community right, college, right. man. Nigga, what the fuck? I ain't even hey, that man. kind of student. Right, it's a school seven hours away, baby. I went Six. on a I went on a school trip. Mm-hmm. Met some more girls. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. There's, there's a theme hey. here. Yes, there's a there's a, there's a theme. theme. I, yeah. I was led by I was led by the you know so man. was I, I was boy. Led by the booty. Yeah. <laughs> and when I got to campus, what happened was, I'm looking around. I had put on my, I was, I had a, a Fila sweatsuit, my favorite Fila sweatsuit. I had on Bally's on. Dope boy fresh. I get to campus. I'm looking around. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, these niggas ain't fresher than me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Oh, oh, I'm going to kill this shit. Yeah. And that's how I chose family. family you. Wow, that's, that's good. Though. It had yeah. nothing to do with academics. It had yeah. nothing to do. Yeah. With none of that shit. I mean, I, I felt, that's how I felt. I was like, warm weather, beautiful women, and I'm good. Like, that shit was just, I don't know, it was just something about this, the energy and spirit of being in Tallahassee, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I, I feel like Chicago, I'm not, not I don't want to knock Howard too much as other HBCUs, but I feel like it wasn't no pretentiousness at FAM. Like, mm-hmm. like, you had motherfuckers that came from dirt, you had motherfuckers that came from Cali or Africa or whatever. But it didn't matter. Like, if you was a cool-ass nigga, niggas fuck with you. If you mm-hmm. was a lame-ass nigga, like all the niggas from the crib that I watched from Chicago, I don't want to say all of them, but most of them I came in with got ran the fuck off. Because they was lame-ass niggas. They, they came down to Tallahassee thinking they was going to be some shit they wasn't at the crib. And goddamn them Duval and Day. I ain't never seen Duval and Day County niggas band together except when they got there and ran them niggas off. And I was like, bro, I came a thousand miles away not to get the fuck I like I left Chicago because I ain't want to deal with that bullshit. Right. And I and I felt like Tallahat fam, you were going to my HBCUs, taught me I had something to gain and lose all at one. I ain't never had something to gain and lose all at one until mm-hmm. I came to Tallahassee for homecoming. And when you got something to lose, like so that shit changed everything. Like the alternative was I got to go back to fucking Chicago. Mm-hmm. Fuck no, absolutely not. So I'm doing everything I can. Not to go back. Come on. one thing, Daddy said you can't stay here. Well, shit. What the fuck I'm gonna do? Nope. Yo, you got to go. So you went. To, you went to homecoming this year. How'd yeah. it go? Man, that shit was amazing, man. Like you know, I ain't make it last year, but it was just for me. It was like the spiritual, emotional part, like seeing. You know, uh, my, I don't think my dad had been back since 2019, 18. Um, my dad is the oldest member to ever like march at homecoming, ever. Mm-hmm. He was like sixty nine when he when he stopped. Now he's seventy three. Uh, you know, my dad got diagnosed with leukemia in two thousand seventeen. Uh, so he's doing well. So you know, we talking about my mama got approval, but he's talking about marching next year. So we're gonna raise a bunch of money for cancer. But um, and my mama went to Central State, but she don't ever go to Central State homecoming. She come to our shit. Wow. You know what I'm saying like. So it was cool. My wife, dad went there. My wife, I don't even want to call her. He used to sound dope though. <laughs> but my wife, dad went there. You know what I'm saying? My, uh, I mean, it's just, it's just deep, man. Like, fam, you gave me everything. You know, as you know, you know my past, my history, my relationship history. Like, fam, you gave me everything. So, 
Oh, dig you got about five wives, all of them from family. Hey man, I'll just say, <laughs> let's just say three. I mean, we'll put it out there. The same, you know, same era. They was all the carrying together to them. They system. was all in the same. They was man, in the same like, group. All together. my ex wives, my ex wives, and my current wife. They all know each other. They was an epicurean Two of my lances. Let's just put it out there. Two of them line sisters. Yeah, nigga. Two hey, of them line sisters. What the fuck? Apparently, my you shit messed. is legendary. Now I'm not messing <laughs> like that. I'm not afraid of commitment, man. Sometimes it take. Take you like the, it's funny. So on my line, I'm a three on my line, and I just remember joking with my line brothers one day, like I'm gonna do everything in threes, and I did. So God was listening. He said, "You did saying? everything in threes. What does that mean?" That meant like I wouldn't even talk to a chick unless I saw her a third time. Like the you third, one, what now? I wouldn't even if I would see a girl and I was like, you know, what? I need to see her two more times in order for me to say something before you before you realize that you just no, what you want. No, to before do. I ask her for a number. Like, oh okay. So I'm like, okay, if it's form, I know it's two forms left. All right, I pull up. But I that was that was just my thing. It was just it was silly, but that's just what I did. You though. see her on the set, you're gonna spin around the set three times before you talk to her? No, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna see her next Friday or I'm gonna see her Wednesday, whenever and, she and what that gave you? Uh, it gave me a lot. <laughs> I mean, why why was it what, it was just my thing. Mean? Like for me, it was just cause I, I just it was just something I adopted in college and I just did everything in threes. Like the third time was always my charm. You know what I'm saying? It's been my charm ever since. Even if I look at my career, I started over probably three times in my career, maybe four, but I, I really say three. And I, and that just show you, man, like God got a plan for all of us. Um, just don't quit, man. Just don't give up. So I mean, like before you talk about don't quit, I'm yeah. just saying like you talking about threes and, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I ain't have no threes, nigga. <laughs> I'm shooting mine at the first first <laughs> I, sight, baby. I get you. But, <laughs> Fan was so <laughs> the sound effects. I, look, I feel you, but fan was so fruitful that it, I wasn't. I wasn't missing out on that. I didn't. I was you never know? missing nothing. I'm yeah. just saying. I just. I ain't had time to be spending the block three times unless, unless you know, what I'm saying I just didn't pull up. But it wasn't consciously that I ain't gonna pull up. Yeah, I mean, but you know that's just me though. Like I just, that's just kind of what it was. It was silly. It was just some shit to see. No, nah, no, nah, yeah, I, I get it. I yeah. get, I get how it yeah. worked. You know yeah. what I'm saying? My shit. I just, I just was was experiencing life when yeah, I was yeah. at that motherfucker. Yeah, you it's was. plenty. Of, it's plenty of people that you talked to, mm-hmm. that you didn't talk to, that mm-hmm. you wish you talked to, mm-hmm. but you never did. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, but during that era. It's 24 hours in the clock, right? Yeah. 168 hours in a week. I don't know what the miles. I just knew it. All 24 hours on the clock, Yeah, I had an option. Yeah. It was never not an option to do whatever the fuck I wanted to do. You right. know what I'm saying? Whether it was my work, my my craft, my, you know what I'm saying, like with, with, with chicks, it was like, fuck it, nigga. It was it's 9 p.m.? Who I'm, who I could, you know what I mean? Yeah. Had that conversation. Go to club. Who who I could call at two? Who I could call at two? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Then after after that, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Shit, it's it's motherfucker five thirty. Let's go to Denny's, nigga. I got yeah. a girl up there. You know what I'm saying? Or Shoney's. Yeah, Shoney's. Yeah, I got yeah, a girl yeah, up yeah. there. She'll we'll, she'll let us eat free. We tip her real good. Hey man, you supposed to be talking about this shit right now. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I'm just saying. I'm just talking about. I feel you though. I'm talking about you. You talking about your threes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My yeah, shit yeah. was just twenty fours. You know what I'm saying? We Hey, what we about the ATL, baby? 24, 24 <laughs> hours in a clock. Yeah. And I yeah. was trying to run the clock. You know what I mean? Yeah, it I was, feel I, you. Shot time, clock. time was never an obstacle. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like a lot of people, oh, it's late. I never thought like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I feel you. I never thought like that. I never, time never was an option. When I got the vibe and they gave me a little cubicle and shit. Mm-hmm. I had bought a clock and I took the time, the time hands off and I just left the second hand. Wow. And put that bitch on the wall. That's crazy. And everybody like, hey, what's wrong with your clock? You ain't got no time. I was like, I got all the time. That's the whole point. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like, as long as I'm filling these 60 seconds up with, with the shit that I'm trying to do, then I'm going to be good. I don't have to worry about what time it is. And that's just how I always felt. Like, you know, my wife, she be like on some time. Like, nigga, mm-hmm. what? What, nigga, it's this, it's that. It's too mm-hmm. late for this. Or it's, you know what I mean? And I don't have that same philosophy because mm-hmm. we, yeah, we here. You know what I'm saying? The world, the earth is spinning. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm up. I could be getting to something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, probably aging myself faster by just burning it like that but that's just my philosophy on the shit i mean it's um i don't know i i just even to this day like after every semester i would go sit in like the choir and i would just sit around like you know where the library is the eternal flame is Mm -hmm. and i would just sit around like damn i can't believe i'm here like it was a dream like i I know that shit sound crazy because i always i I always had good grades outside of my physics class in high school I knew I was going to college, but like to get away from fucking like the crib and be in a place like Tallahassee at fam, you know what I'm saying? Like and follow my dad's footsteps to an extent. Like it was just, I just never took that shit for granted. Cause I knew what the alternative was. Mm-hmm. And the alternative, it wasn't nothing good about the alternative. I don't mm-hmm. give a fuck what nobody say. So I was just like shit. And I and I think God humbles you at, at moments you need to humble like. Me getting arrested in high school, my scene, my last nigga, hell yeah, you know that story, but it's whatever. But like, and within two months before I got arrested, I got into a bar fight. Cool, that shit was crazy. Rushed to the hospital. A month later, I get arrested for some dumb shit. You was a whole criminal. It was. It was just like you know, I'm cocky. (laughs) I'm cocky. I'm fucking. I'm a young nigga. I know I'm going to college. The, The chicks know I'm going to college. So. You know, I'm I'm feeling invincible, and then on top of that, I'm fucking with niggas that ain't really doing about to go nowhere. Right. So, and I don't blame them because I had I had I consciously, I mean, I made my decision, but like when that shit is in jeopardy, it's like, oh shit. So freshman year was like low key for me. I was afraid to just do anything because I, I was afraid that I would fuck it up. Right. So the fact that I made it, and I stay, I tell people, I stay five years. I was like, fuck that four year shit because I just wanted to get down. I understood the moment. I understood like once I leave this bitch, it's over. I mean, it's not over, but it's just next level shit. It's you over. Know? You can't. You can't go back. <laughs> like you meet niggas now, you like, dog, what you doing? Like, dog, that shit was. 
You should have. You should have. I mean, I, I don't even know this motherfucking name. This puss ass nigga. But I'm, I'm gonna say that shit. Me and my dad, we was at Walgreens puss at the crib, Chicago. He's a puss ass nigga. He from Chicago? I don't know where that nigga from, but he was a farm. He was at the. He was at the pharmacist at the thing. My dad going to pick up some motherfucking. This like two thousand something, and goddamn. My dad, all my dad, if you ever see pictures on Instagram, all my dad wears fam, you marching 100 shit. I be looking at that nigga classic, like he don't touch shit else. Man, that motherfucker's like, oh, okay, I'm a rattler, but I ain't really like it. And I'm like, bitch. That's why he called him a pussy? Nah, I'm going to tell you why, because he's shitting on fam. But nigga, how you get to that pharmacy shit? Because we got the number one pharmacy school in the fucking country. All right, so why he mad? I don't know, because he ain't get no hold. Whatever, it don't matter. But I'm like, you shitting on the school to goddamn put you in a place to make all the money that you making, you's a pussy ass nigga. Like that's like a nigga. That's like you shitting. I don't give a fuck how you grew up. Your mom and dad, or mama or dad, whoever, auntie, whoever took care of you, make sure you had clothes on your back. They might not have been the best clothes, but they still had clothes on your back, so you could do what you needed to do. Mm-hmm. Better thank mama or daddy. That right? man might have had a problem with financial aid. Man, fuck it, we all did. Nigga. You might have to stand in the long man, line. Man, nigga, we all had to stand in the long line. But you know what I did? I, I did. never. You know what I did? After my four, maybe you did, but after my freshman year, I never stood in the long line again because I learned the art of hustle and building relationships. Mm-hmm. So one thing my dad, nigga, I'm gonna tell you how I even got the fam, bro. Oh, Lord, you that, gotta finish your point, nigga. No, before no, no, you no. I'm, about to, I'm about to tell you is the point, Matt. This is it, add up, oh. nigga. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Dr. Humphreys, who was president, if you ever hear about family, you hear the Humphreys era. Doctor Humphreys, who was president of family at the time, he came to my high school like offering scholarships like it was crap. Oh, so you like you? No, I wasn't not one of them. He was at, he was he was offering scholarships to national merit finalists. I was not one of them. But my dad said, "Well, shit, he don't know that you wasn't in that room." He said, well, "What I want you to do is put a portfolio together." And email it to him and say how how you enjoy hearing him speak. I say, Dad, I didn't hear him speak. My dad said once again, he won't remember. Fuck it, I I do it. I I put a portfolio together because I was a journalism major in high school. Mm-hmm. I wrote for the school newspaper. I wrote for the Chicago Tribune. Two weeks late, so I sent a, I sent a note in the pat in the portfolio off to Doctor Humphreys at FAMU. Two weeks later, I get a letter from Dean Ruggles and Doctor Hawkins. Mm. Offering me a scholarship, saying we got your portfolio from the president's office. Mm-hmm. I said, God, I said, Daddy, know what the fuck you doing? Nigga, I need to use that for my last child. Hey, hey, like, hey. Nigga, that's genius. Genius, but that my pops know how to fucking hustle. She At that had... point, every time dad told me to do something, I say, fuck it, I fuck with you, pops. But but that was the beauty of it. That's how I got the fucking fam. So the reason I'm bringing that shit, I don't even know what the fuck I was talking about before. You do, but, nigga, you derailed the whole conversation. Know, you but, don't know it. It I, don't matter now because <laughs> niggas just rhyme with whatever you get. Hey, but the, I, I guess all I had to say is like, man, it, 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 oh, going back to the pharmacy, nigga, like, man, you made a conscious decision to go to family or whatever school you want to go to. That university gave you a platform where you were able to succeed and be in this position where you making good money. Mm-hmm. That nigga was making more money than I was. And you complaining? Man, fuck you. You should have you should have never went to fam. You stayed there. Pharmacy majors be got, going through it. He stayed there for a minimum of five to six years. Mm-hmm. He could have left if he wanted to. No, he would have had to start over. Thank you. But to see the problem, you know, the thing is, pharmacy school is tough. Pussy nigga. You know what I'm saying? And, and you know, they have a rough way. My cousin was a pharmacy major. My roommate was a pharmacy I major. I get it. I get you know it. what I'm saying? And I was a wild ass nigga <laughs> out here <laughs> entrepreneuring and doing a whole bunch of shit and up all <laughs> night and 24 hours and all that shit. Yeah. And they be studying their shit. And 
the crazy shit is uh, I got like a I got like a elephant memory and shit. So I be remembering all the shit. So they be in there having their little study groups, and I would just piss them off because they'll be like, "Yeah, da 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 da, da this drug you know has this effect." Da da da. Then they'll come back and be like, "Okay, uh, a patient comes in with a baby that has da 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 da. da. Which drug should you uh, subscribe? Man, prescribe? Life changing shit." Huh? And then I'm like. I know it in my head because I done heard him say it. You know what I'm saying? Because I got the little memory shit. And so they'd be like, da-da-da-da. I was like, man, you can't get that to the damn baby because in infants, that particular (laughs) drug would give them diarrhea. Uh, What the fuck is wrong with y'all? And I'm just like a little asshole about this shit. They just be mad. (laughs) Like, motherfucker, with your motherfucking ass, get get the fuck on down the road. But I wasn't interested in doing it, but they Mm. were. Right. So, you know what I'm saying? It was just fun for me. And, you know, it was just a, a whole little situation. That was just good Man. times. Good times. Good times. Actually, my cousin, that's a, that's a pharmacist now. She mm-hmm. doing it. I okay. seen her at FAMU. You know okay. what I'm saying? I seen her at homecoming. Um, okay. It's all good. She, you know, she, she held me down because yeah. she was in class and all that pharmacy shit. Right. Her car was always available. Hi, there it is. <laughs> right. Shout out to my cousin Dondra. You know right. what I'm saying? Help me down at Fan You. Make sure we ate good on Sunday. Yeah. Good Sunday dinners like grown people. There it is. You know what I mean, we are some of our decisions, you know, good or good or bad. We are we are some of our decisions. And it's like I I mean I didn't make some I, I don't wanna say bad decisions. Yeah, I didn't make some crazy decisions, but like I I think I like when you come out of those decisions, you can learn from. Of course, you always like, yeah, I'm thankful for when you going through. You're like, damn, the fuck was I thinking? But like, man, yeah. Well, it, let me ask you this: mm-hmm. when you come upon hard times, right? Mm-hmm. Before you got to be, you know, very confident in your mm-hmm. own abilities. Mm-hmm. You're worried about your life. Mm-hmm. Shit's going terrible. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? What helps you pull through in the times that that was the case? Not now, because yeah. you, you know what I'm saying? You, you're doing it, you're in the A. Yeah. Driving fancy cars, doing big things. That's your wife. Hell yeah, no. Nah. It's a 212 number. No, hey, hello? Oh, I see. cab driver or something. It's 212 number. I answer them phone. Yeah. Nah, I mean. And I, this sound crazy, but I at fourth grade I had a teacher, Miss Goldenberg, that told me I wasn't smart enough to audition for Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Miss Goldenberg. Goldenberg, she did. Now, so I ain't tripping. That's crazy because I had a teacher that tried to fuck me up, and name was Goldberg. But it was, you know, my hey, name. You know, it ahead. is what it is. But that that moment, I remember my mom going to school, cussing her out, and then she, my mama, grabbing me by the collar and said, "Never let anybody dictate." Your worth, but as a fourth grade, you don't know the fuck that mean, right? You know what I'm saying. So fast forward to sixth grade. Long story short, I get an opportunity, goddamn, you know, audition for a play, the Jewish Community Center. I get the lead role, whatever. That changed my life. Mm-hmm. But I always remember in that in that moment, I I was so thankful for the adulation that I got that I I said I never want to feel average again. Mm. So by the time I got the fam, like I just wait, and it took me it took me to a junior year of high school to, to become I got to say who I am. Like get that confidence, and it, yeah, it it, it 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 to an extent it, it was a chick that was involved. I say in the beginning of my junior, I got my first bad bad chick. That mm-hmm. was my validation, but like 
by the time I got to college, like it, it wasn't nothing. Like I just knew what it was like to feel the other way. And so mm -hmm. I believe, I always believe, you know, it's like they say one man's trash is another man's treasure. Mm -hmm. I always have, I have a filter, like whatever trash come to me, I'm gonna turn that shit into treasure. Mm -hmm. Cause motherfuckers been doubting me since day one. And so like, like I have insecure, I got, I mean, I'm insecure about the shit I'm doing now. I have moments where I'm like, shit, am I funny enough? Whatever, whatever. You eat some Ray Ray? Hey, man. I'm awkward, the awkward black Q? <laughs> 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 hey, I'm going to use that shit. Thank you. But like, yeah, I mean, because you just like, so one of my favorite books is From Good to Great by Jim Collins. I got that shit tattooed on my neck. I love that shit so much. It's called It's Good as Angel Wings. One of these sides. And then, so I got, I got, so I got on, the, on my back, I got tattooed. It's a Mexican proverb. And it says they didn't know how to, they didn't. Wait, they, they I'm talking to, about good to great. Yeah, nigga. no, but I'm telling you, good to great. And then it's a Mexican proverb. proverb that, that was in the book? No, nigga. So look, what good to great got so to do good, with this so, tattoo? So look, I'm going to take you back. So good to, I No, no, good, don't tell no long no, story. Just I'm get not, to it. Good to great is a book by Jim Collins. I don't, I don't know. The I book is red. Yeah, You know red. what I'm saying? It's a hard cover. Because Puff was reading that book. And I and that's how I discovered it. Because I used to snoop and read the mm -hmm. shit. But there's a, there's a, there's a, the, the first chapter starts off with an unsatisfied death is a life in which you don't take chances. Then it goes on to say that most people are content with good schools, good churches, good whatever. But very few people are willing to be uh, risk the the good schools, good churches, good whatever to be great. That when I read that shit, it was at a point in two thousand five where, like everybody was doubting my decision to quit my corporate job out of other shit. Mm -hmm. But I'm not saying I've done anything great. I'm not saying I've been great. But I've been, always been willing to risk it all because I've been good since I graduated from fam. If that's the case, to mm -hmm. be honest with you. Nigga, you great, nigga. Y'all here, know. you got, uh, you got, you know what I'm saying, German spoke, automobiles, man, a couple of them. You got a nice shit. little house hey, in the cul de sac. Look, man, I, 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 you I, got I, three wives that are held <laughs> up strong. You know what I'm talking about? Hey, look, listen here. I would say this. I spoke in the universities I couldn't even gotten into kind of coming out of high school. I spoke, in, I don't even have an NBA, bro. Mm. I spoke in at Harvard. USC gave me my standing ovation. Matter of fact, matter of fact, when I spoke at USC, it was a motherfucker that was an investment banking. This, this dropped out of the investment banking shit and said, I'm going to re-enroll re in entrepreneurship. He was older than me. Mm -hmm. Like, that's when I knew God gave me a gift. Because at the end of the day, like, I ain't going to lie. Like, money's important, but purpose is even more important. Like, we, we've been around niggas that's been multimillionaire niggas. And they, had, and they really had no purpose. They just going with the flow. You know, I, I realized for me, this is just me talking. I have a bunch of friends in the music business. I remember I, I when I decided I wanted to leave the music space when I was around a bunch of niggas that all they talked about was checks, mm -hmm. money, getting money, getting. So I realized those are gonna be the same niggas gonna fuck me over later, cause they have no other purpose in life. They just it's all about money. Now the niggas is rich. They got more money than me. Might say Aaron is lame, but man, I, I, we all know niggas is didn't make it to this point in their lives. They have technically more than us. Mm -hmm. But my definition of wealth and happiness is mature since I was dealing with all that shit. So, right. like, man, shit, boy. Like, mm -hmm. but the reason why I wanted to say that Mexican proverb because, like, it 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 it, it states that um, they tried to bury us, but they didn't know we were seeds. Mm -hmm. Like, that's my shit. I ain't gonna lie. Like, I got that shit when I was going through my divorce. <laughs> I said my ex-wife tried to fucking Which marry me. Divorce, nigga. Second one, nigga. First, first one was first one was amicable, nigga. First one was amicable. Second one was ugly. But that but that shit humbled me. Like, man, you gonna like one thing they don't teach is and I and I love fam. One thing they don't teach anybody in college. 
Like, at least when we was in school, we didn't have no grads in back. We ain't had hella niggas coming to us saying or whatever. Everybody came back and said, you get this degree, you're going to be straight. Mm-hmm. That was pretty much the message. Mm-hmm. So, okay, the niggas that believe that, you could, you fuck around and get out. And then the life started happening. Like, well, bitch, what the fuck? What the fuck I go to school for? Mm-hmm. And so, like, when I go back and speak to these kids, like, I just try to be honest with you. Like, this shit is not linear, nigga. This shit is, this path is unorthodox. But How you get done speaking texts? Niggas don't be calling me. Man, I just, one thing, so I'm going to say this. And this go to anybody. Uh, when I when I applied for my internship at Catching Public Relations, an agency in Chicago, like most niggas coming out of college, I applied for the entertainment internship. Mm-hmm. These niggas put me in the fucking corporate group. I'm like, what the fuck? But what I found out is they put the two strongest interns in the corporate group. Mm-hmm. That meant I had to be there at 5 a.m. But I, you know, I left the three, but I had to be there earlier than anybody else. I got paid more. But what I learned was positioning. So we, we used to have this thing called executive visibility where my job every day was to take the partners and position them as experts or thought leaders to Wall Street Journal, Financial Business Daily, Financial Times, all these publications at the time I didn't really know much about. Mm-hmm. But when I started doing that shit, I was like, well, shit. I, I talk about, I'll say one of the things that's dope about you, you're one of the best storytellers I've ever been around. And Thank so, you. Yeah, Sorry. absolutely. And so... It's it, what we get paid for. What I get paid to do is the art of storytelling. So I realized through that through that vehicle that like at the end of the day, all I'm doing is the art of storytelling is position these dudes as thought leaders. I was like, I could do that shit myself. Now, how I get paid to do some speaking? I mean, because niggas don't be calling me. You just, what, you, I'm like you when it comes to no, the documentary. See, yeah, Your nigga ain't called me and yeah, shit. See, <laughs> see, but see, the difference between you and I is I don't have no shame. Like I. Like when I got to New York, you say I, I got shame. No, you have pride. You use a low keto, like one, and that also I don't want to put your business out there, but because of the shit that you used to do, like you had to be low key. Mm-hmm. You can't, you know what I'm saying? Like that's the difference. If you look at the difference between Puff and Jay Z, it's night and day. Mm-hmm. But Jay Z was whatever, Puff was whatever. Mm-hmm. Puff wasn't what Jay Z was. So right. I I have no shame because I look at it like. Ain't nobody gonna tell my story better than me. Mm-hmm. And I and one thing I remember, I went to my my agency in New York, and they asked me the question like, "Well, what makes you different from everybody else?" And I say, "Man, I don't know everybody else, but I know how to tell my own story. So if I know how to tell my own story, I know how to tell the story of these clients." Bow, all right, give me the job. Right. Like I don't know how if I don't know how to do nothing else, bro. I know how to tell a fucking story, and it start with me. Right. So, I mean, you know, it's just a matter of putting yourself out there. Like I have, I have no, I have no qualm with calling. Like when I got to New York, I used to call these panels and be like, "Man, I'm a black man. I'm 23 years old. I work. I work for four global PR agencies. There's nobody else out there like me. And y'all don't have. Y'all need this panel to be instant. I was on some Kanye shit, right? And they be like, "Cool, pull up." Oh, Southside ass man. Hey, that's what we do. I mean, Kanye tripping right now, obviously. But like, I, I just feel like you have to. Like people be like, man, I don't have no money to do this. If you waiting for money or the opportunity, you got to create the opportunity. And that mm-hmm. was me creating the opportunity. And that's what Fam taught me. Fam taught me how to hustle, bro. Mm-hmm. Like otherwise, you just be like the other rest of the mother niggas. Like right. when I worked for the uh, Fam Ewing, I started noticing that USA Today was putting pictures of they journalists in the paper. And I was like, shit, I'm in college and I'm writing these dope ass stories, but no, don't nobody or really the girls they don't know it's me. Mm-hmm. So I went to Peter McKay, like Pete. Look at this. Shout out to Peter McKay. Shout out to Peter McKay. We need to get we need to get down start putting our pictures in the paper. I, I didn't really say like I'm trying to get on these hoes, but that's what it was. I mean, I'm writing front page stories every day. Like I need somebody to fucking know it's me. 
Peace said, cool, and they did it. So now I'm writing these stories, and she's coming like, oh, Aaron, I saw you. Bow. So everybody can thank me for that shit. Uh-huh. What you been watching, man? Ah, shit. Oh, man, I just finished watching the last episode of Atlanta. Boy, that shit's stupid, bro. They, gonna win, they should win an Emmy for that episode. Yeah, I ain't get to the last one, so we can't talk okay, about that. Okay, we won't talk about that shit. But, uh, I'll talk about that when D get uh, back, y'all. You know what I'm saying? White got Lotus on Atlantic. HBO. White Lotus. That's yeah, I mean, it's a, shit. bro, you know what? If you ask me what I've been watching, I have to literally go network to network. From Apple TV to Netflix to... It's so we we literally are in the I don't, what is it platinum era of television and content. This is a whole bunch of shit out there. It's a whole bunch of shit, but it's a lot of good shit. You know, like the the return, the return, was HBCU the return. homecoming experience, oh, yeah, okay. on Xfinity. <laughs> Promote that shit. Made by a few black men, <laughs> but consumed by anyone. You got it right. <laughs> <laughs> This has been a commercial break. Hey. Well, sponsored by right. Xfinity. Hey, you might be that voice that we grew up with listening to. Like, damn, that motherfucker sound cold. What? Word up. Yeah, but what yeah. did you think about this season of Raising Canaan? Ah, oh, man, I loved it, man. You know, so I, I look at shows a little differently, like from the writing, dialogue, mm-hmm. creation of characters, and and I, you just can see the growth and the storylines, the characters. Like, um, I loved it. You know, I I think that and the BMF series is, is the best shit that you know, um, Fifty put out. Um, yeah, I, 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 tough. I, I fuck with Raising Canaan. Yeah, I fuck with BMF. Yeah. I think BMF got a little bit of maturing to do. Yeah, what's you know what I'm first, saying? first season? Um, yeah, definitely yeah. first season. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Some holes they need to tighten up. Right. You know what I'm saying? Some production shit they need to tighten up. Mm-hmm. But you know that's just as a critic ass right on the right. side. You know what I'm right. saying? But they right. they actually came in. They saw, they conquered. Yeah, they coming absolutely. back. You absolutely. know what I'm saying? We'll be, we'll be right there in yeah. January, I think, when they come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I what mean, did you feel about raising Canaan? Man, I fu- it was just, it was just good, man. This season, um, I mean, it, it's, it's, uh, man, damn. Shout out to Quincy, man. That motherfucker got murked. He's done. Uh, but it's just, I love it. The, the list of characters they introduce. Um, I mean, Joey Badass is, 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 is a beast. Um, I, I I like the, the the whole. I'm not trying to like ruin it for people that haven't seen it yet, but just the whole mob angle that was introduced. That you know the Jersey Queen shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was just it was just good, man. They really took time to like show why each individual was the way they were. From uh, what's the girl's name? Who's the sister? Jukebox. Jukebox. Um, to her dad. I knew Marvin. Marvin, Marvin, my favorite character. Right. I knew the therapist. It's complex. Yeah, I knew the therapist was gonna get fucked up. But like, I even like Marvin's little nuances. Like that nigga's always eating. Mm-hmm. Like whoever, I mean, what the, whoever's in the rising, like we're gonna give him. He's always eating. Eating what? Food? Snacks. Like that motherfucker. Just, if you look at majority of chewing on some shit, always chewing on some shit. Just always, he's just always hungry. Like I just, I just love that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like. Is it? I, I was never just, noticed that. Yeah, I pay attention to that shit, man. That shit is um, and I think it's something to say when you see a woman, a black woman, whether regardless of what she's doing or her business is, but she's the head honcho. Like that shit is, that is that is powerful. Um, to and it's breaking the mold. It's 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 catching up with the times. It's mm-hmm. all of that shit because we know in particular black women run the fucking world. Mm-hmm. Like black women are the cradle of civilization. So. I think that shit is dope, man. I I would love to um be in the writers' room for for some shit like that. Uh, there's another show on on uh, Peacock called Bust Downs, which is hilarious. Um, uh, one of the, one of the, the writers and actors killed himself earlier this year, 
Uh, it's it's another. I mean, who is that? What you? I can't remember about? his name. Well, this is very complicated. Yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking about comedies that I studied and I watched and inspired me. Um, another show on HBO Max, Comedy Central, uh, the South Side and Take the Crib. You know, I love mm-hmm. that. The Shire, I love that. I don't watch that NBC shit where it's like Chicago PD, Chicago Hope, all that. Why you gotta fuck with NBC? They ain't fucking with you. Nah, Why NB- you nah, gotta NBC's go over there and Peacock. just kick that shit over? NBC's Peacock. Why don't you just stick to the shit you like? If y'all want my pilot, come fuck with me. But no, look, I don't no, beat me yeah, being nigga, from Chicago. You kicking shit over no. like you ain't got shit to say. I know what I'm saying they say it was bad, but me being from Chicago, I'm very. I'm very sensitive to how they portray my city. And where? Especially in how Chicago we, PD? Chicago PD, Chicago Hey, NBC fought. Who shows the showrunner? I don't know who the showrunner Who wrote the are. shit? I don't know. Who conceptualized the show? I don't know. It so did, why are you know, fucking with NBC? I'm not, bro. I'm just saying, I watched one or two episodes and it feels very... Yeah, it feels very network. So, so no, because I will say this, like, uh, Southside is really good, even though it's a comedy. Even the show with um, what's Tox? We call it Tommy. But Southside, that's that's two black brothers that's just putting that shit together. Yeah, but it's but it's very authentic. That's why it's supposed to be. Yeah, but a lot of shows aren't even. But even the shy is good. But they though. black folks. The shy is black. Yeah, folks. but I said I put it like this. There was a show on Stars with Kelsey Grammer, and Kelsey Grammer played the mayor. But it ain't it Kelsey Scott. No, but it was a good point. But the whole point is, like, when it, when you talk about black people and you're portraying black people, especially in the city that I grew up in, I'm very sensitive to that because it is, uh, we contain multitudes, right? And I just I always want to make sure that the, the crib is portrayed well, that we as black people are portrayed authentically. What you going to do for the crib? I'm doing I've been doing it. What you, I'm saying, you know what, what saying? you're writing. How you gonna represent your crib? I've I been Nigga, you gonna put out your gangster stories? You gonna put I'm out your gang- comedy? I'm not a your gangster. Southside, Inglewood. I- what the fuck? <laughs> Y'all got a lot of shit going on in Chicago. We do. You got a fucking mayor that's just, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, doing what they day. doing. Yeah. You got to do about to tear down the goddamn old block and sell it to developers. The old block well, you, crazy. You got, you know, they don't talk about. How you going? Old Block crazy. It's I not mean, crazy. It, it, I mean, Old Block is what it is. It is what it is, but Chicago you know is a con. And for the people who live there, that is home. It is, but so I will say this. home crazy. I, I'm, but I still crazy. Like, even when, so when, in 1993, which is my era, we had the most homicides, like pure homicides. And I think we had 990, 932. Pure homicides? What's an unpure homicide? Because, like, they say that numbers have exceeded that, but, like, a lot of that shit is are not technically homicides, from my understanding, from what I've been told. Mm-hmm. Um, the difference is like in my era, our era, whatever. Like majority, not all of it, but majority of the homicides is related to gang shit, which is gang shit. Chicago niggas crazy. But look, it's a perfect storm. Y'all niggas is no, because look. When y'all have, kill, y'all kill. Look, like the worst. We, killers, had, we just had a drive by last night. No, Hall- I ain't no, talking about no drive bys. The people in the eighties and nineties. Mm-hmm. I had a, a couple people in my not my my cousin's father and somebody in my family got killed in Chicago. Gangster shit started in Chicago, not I, LA. I, I know what I'm saying. Yeah, I know that. I know. I understand. Yeah. But y'all <laughs> niggas is diabolical. Like, you know what I'm saying? They weren't just gonna kill a nigga. They were like the torture niggas. They like to put a nigga. In a ring of, of fucking tires, <laughs> and then set the bitches on fire so they can melt on you first, and then. Hey, kick. I heard they do that shit in L.A. too. And but this is Chicago. I ain't never heard that shit in Miami. <laughs> Miami niggas shoot you and keep it, get it, get it done. I don't know, Chicago y'all. niggas, y'all niggas is real diabolical. Yeah, y'all had that cocaine shit, but mm-hmm. like, what's happening in Chicago now is a perfect storm. Where like, 
our generation of kids. Like, grandma's been gone. Fucking OG niggas locked up, dead, or tired. And community programs stripped, redistricting. Uh, charter schools getting the funding. So the the gist don't have, but how somehow, some way, guns is flourishing the community. So when you give guns to a kid with no direction, no purpose, what you see happening over the last 10 years continues to happen. Um, and I'm not I'm not surprised that none of the shit is happening. The thing that's so different is like now these little now it's not just the south side or west side. It's it's happening downtown. So now it's a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, like any other place, any other city. So it's it's you know it's it's unfortunate um, what's going on, but it's not surprising because shit like this is has been brewing. Gang culture started in Chicago, like not L.A. Latin King started in Chicago. If you go back to the Al Capone days, Chicago was built off gang shit, like territory, south side, west side. Chicago's probably the most segregated city in America, in my opinion. Um, and, you know, me growing up, shit, it was the Stones, you know, south side, niggas, vice lords, whatever, GDs. You know, I could you couldn't wear no five-point star, no six-point star. How would you star. wear a five-point star? Meaning uh, Seattle had a six-point star, I think. Houston had a five- or six-point star. For what? So, so, like, the the, the stone, the GDs. In Seattle, had, they six-point star was yeah. for what? So, the GDs would have died. No, the Seattle, what it was for. I don't know what Seattle shit was for. What was it doing? But Houston so, for example, for? I'll give you a example. Like, growing up, because I was, I was a neutron, meaning I was neutral. I wasn't in the game. A neutron. Yeah, but I couldn't wear a, a – I couldn't wear a um, – uh, a, a Georgetown jacket because wow. because it had the G in it. So the and GDs, for GDs, yeah. So I couldn't wear a Denver because the either yeah, disciples the D, right? Okay, I could wear a five point star. But why would you even want to wear that shit? Because that shit's live as fuck. I mean, you wear a Bulls might, jacket. Yeah, you might wear a wear a Bulls jacket, star jacket. They, they might steal rob, that shit. From they me. might just rob you, but you might not get killed for that shit. Though. Right. Right, you know, I couldn't wear uh, Houston. I'm thinking all the logos and shit that you just couldn't wear. Like, shit was wild as fuck, man. Like, oh, Indiana, Spurs, pitchfork up, pitchfork down. Like, you couldn't have your hat, obviously, to the right, to the left. Like, shit, shit was crazy. Um, but if you understood the rules and you wasn't in a part of that shit, you just abided by the rules and hope niggas didn't get you. Yeah. You know, uh, LA they had colors. I'm like, man, Chicago ain't gonna fuck about colors, nigga. It was yeah, man. It's all politics. Man. It's all politics. And you got to be amenable yep. to the politics that that you are falling under. Yes, you know what I'm saying. Yes, involuntarily <laughs> or voluntarily or voluntarily because <laughs> you live right. in a certain place. Right. You know what Absolutely. I'm saying. And that's that's yeah. the whole shit. Yeah. It's like any all this shit, man. If you don't learn that shit, yeah. and you get out here in the corporate world, yeah. you ain't learned shit, and you yeah. ain't gonna fucking make it. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying. And you gotta be respectful, and that's what I was saying. Like that was the thing I was saying too earlier. Like at least from where I was from, niggas from Detroit, Chicago came down to Tallahassee or came to the state of Florida, thinking that that the state of Florida was slow. Niggas is country, and we gonna we gonna be what we not what we wasn't here. And Jacksonville and Dade County niggas was like, nope, we got guns too. We got people. It's easy for us, our people, to be here quicker than y'all live, and it just went down from there. And I, it was it, wild. It, it wasn't even that. It's just like Miami niggas. I don't know about Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Miami niggas just had their own fucking way. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And it's an energy. Like if you watch that, you thirty for thirty. Yeah, yeah. That the football energy that they had was was a, was a replica of what was going on in the streets, right, of Miami at the time, right. So. 
it was just an energy of fuck that is very aggressive it's very you know what i'm saying enterprising you're gonna go with it wherever you go and then the violence was was not very far behind right you know what i'm saying so Miami came with his own set of attitude. Like, you know what I'm saying? When people look at Luke, they look at the dancing and the girls and right. the cuss words and the fun shit. Right. But they don't understand that that shit was all built in a <laughs> very dangerous era. Yeah. And yeah. them same dangerous niggas is in Luke party. Yes. Having a ball. Laughing at yeah. da, 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 da. Yeah. But these same niggas is the same ones shooting shit up. Killing shit, right? So right. You had to learn how to how to play between the politics, right? And that's that's how. And when you get to corporate space, corporate space is ruthless, oh, more yeah. ruthless than the streets. On you your think so, yeah, on your fucking on your psychology <laughs> and on your paychecks, nigga. Mm. You know what I'm saying? When you sign up for like corporate paychecks. Mm-hmm. These motherfuckers is the Game of Thrones. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Agreed. And and everybody trying to vie for their position. Right. And you have to be able to look at that shit and realize where you at. Realize who you're dealing with. Oh, these niggas is the Lannisters. Yeah. Oh, these niggas here. Them the Dorns and shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, these niggas here over here. When and we the Starks. House of Dragons is tight, by the way. Good House show. of Jackson, all right. I mean, they build it's it. Mid, it's mid-grade. They build it. They, build, they it. build it. We'll they see what it. they do next but, season. But let me ask it's you this right. question. I, everybody on this show know that I believe that the House of Dragons is racist. So <laughs> Wait. First of all, they ain't even had no niggas in goddamn Game of Thrones. And it felt better that way. But now, but I, then I, when you try to do the affirmative action, we're going to put some <laughs> niggas in here and shit. But we're going to kill them I, off unceremoniously. We're going to let these niggas. We're going to beat them in their position. Hey, just show you one nigga should have kept his mouth shut. Man. Other one came back. Man, don't and he come good. on here talking this shit. Hey man, one came, one nigga came back and he shit. good. His Keep brother. his mouth shit. Don't be an uppity negro. Nah, man, there's other motherfuckers that got murked too. But he wanted the power. Homeboy, uh, what's his name? Man, he just didn't want nobody taking on his family. Damon you don't was, want nobody taking on his yeah, family. But, you hey, don't want nobody no, coming to your house he, at your third no. wife <laughs> and being like, we going, we going, we going to put these little white no, kids in charge. No. But Damon was like, no. First of all. He 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 didn't give a fuck about his family. He came. He was like, "Oh, my brother gone. We we assume he dead. I'm about to goddamn take over." The, the black dude got his head chopped off by Damon, the brother. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. He but, was just standing up for his. Family. Nah, he wasn't standing. He was standing for himself, and he got fucked up. His brother was standing up for himself too. Nah, his his brother was standing. As you see in the last episode, his brother. No, was it was like, because yeah. his white wife had chin checked him <laughs> and said, "Nigga, you too ambitious, well, and you trying to get well, the throne." When everybody in all of these series, in the Game of Thrones, <laughs> in the House of Dragons, everybody trying to get to the goddamn throne. Well, the question you should be asking is, "Where the black women at?" Thank They're you. them little kids. They they here. They still here. Nah, they mixed kids. They, they ain't black. They yeah. still here. Where the original sisters at? They, they, they still here. We, we still in Africa. She got they, the, the damn lady had the breech baby <laughs> and had her dragon burners her down her own she self. She did. She was tripping on that shit, was she? I mean, what the fuck is you doing? Because these motherfuckers nah. writer, you write, you a writer, you know. Hey, these motherfuckers wrote it that way. Hey, they did. They so did. I still fuck with that shit, House of Dragons, baby. <laughs> it's, 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 it's mid grade. It's too. mid grade. <laughs> 
See, in the thrones, you ain't had to worry about because you ain't hey. had to think about it. Hey, this is before the throne. There wouldn't be no thrones if it wasn't for the House of Dragons. If you think about it, it's the prequel of the prequel of prequels. That me? shit's all night quill, nigga. Yeah, nigga, that shit nah, is it, it was cool. I fuck nigga with it. Nigga pulling up on dragons on their ass like, you saw that shit last episode? Nigga, that Who, shit cold. What, what happened? I don't even want to say. I can hey, say that nigga, happened. that shit ain't do shit. Hey, why that nigga pulled up with that? Hey, Who pulled up? That nigga ain't do shit. The one thing about the last episode is that you can't. Yeah, that I learned you can't control beast. Beast. Man, beast that's a, that, that nigga told you that in the first episode. Nah, Viserys what up? said that in the first episode. <laughs> Man, <laughs> fuck them beasts. That shit wasn't shit. They hey. ain't have no the battle of the bastards. They ain't have no hey, none of that shit. We only in the first season. That shit ain't over with. Yeah. We still got like one or two more episodes. Then they just let me complain, then nigga. <laughs> fuck cool. out of here! Come on, I'm, my show trying to tell me. Now I'm not trying to tell you. I'm just trying to give another perspective. You know, what I'm fuck saying what respect. it is. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> fuck your couch, nigga. Should have never fuck gave you niggas nigga. money. Should have never gave you niggas mics. Yeah, I, yeah, I stomped on the shit. Yeah, I kicked the mic, nigga. Yeah, I was drinking Hennessy, nigga. <laughs> yeah, man. But hey, shit, man. Let the people know where you gonna be, man. Oh man, I'm just uh, at the house <laughs> writing. Uh, I used to say that. Yeah, I mean, and when we first started this podcast, yeah. Damien and we had a, another co-host, Vlad, Vlad Camano. Yeah, yeah. They had places to be. They comedians. They was traveling around, and 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 then Damien would do this line, mm-hmm. and he would say, "You know, what I'm saying, tell the people where you're gonna be." Yeah, and then. Vlad would be like, yeah, I'm going to be at, you know what I'm saying, such and such comedy club at Atlantic yeah. City and motherfucking Fresno, California. I don't, you know what I'm saying? Damien would be like, yeah, I'm going to be over here. I'm going to be over <laughs> what there. What would you say? And then they'd be like, yo, where you going to be? <laughs> like, nigga, I'm going to be in Brooklyn. Yes, sir. Holla at your boy. Hey, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to be in South Fulton, baby. East Point, College you know Park. Holla at your boy. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, you know. It's, it's it's funny because when we first started this pod, mm. I didn't want to do it. Why? Because I didn't understand. Okay. You know okay. what I'm saying? Because, okay. like, again, these niggas both was on TV. Like, yeah. why y'all want me? Yeah. And D was like, man, I, I you got an opinion, man. I, yeah. I value your opinion. So Storyteller. He, he believed in what I had to say. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that people would be listening to this shit. Man. I didn't know that. Really? I didn't know that. I mean, we've been in it. We we about four hundred episodes in. Yeah, yeah. And it's people that been here since episode one. Yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying. I didn't know that people would sit and listen to a nigga just chit chat about yeah. life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. Me, so, oh, I say that me and my wife we got a podcast, no formula twenty two. Like you know, like my fuckers just sit like man. But is it goes back to you? What you saying like? Damn, I'm sure everybody just encounter. I ain't never heard a nigga say nothing bad about you. Like, you had this like level of wisdom. I'm gonna tell you what Ali told me, and I've been spreading this gospel for like decade, uh, at least a decade plus now. This nigga told me when I was interning at Bad Boy. This nigga told me if you can't be used, then you're useless. I don't give a fuck where you got it from. That's Damien gave me that. Hey, Damien Lemon to told me that. Okay, if you can't be used. Yeah. You are useless. Well, Ali was like, I was about to do some shit, and he's like, hey, well, this is blah, blah, blah. He said, he's like, he breaking it down. He's like, if you can't be using, you're useless. So what you going to do? And I was probably, I was complaining kind of about the situation I was in, and I was like, okay. I went back to doing what the fuck I was supposed to do and being useful. Mm-hmm. And if I had not listened to this nigga, if I had not, by the grace of God, had that conversation, I would have made one of the biggest mistakes probably of my career or life at that moment. You know what I'm saying? 
if you can't be used, then you're useless. And, like, one thing I say about you, like, you are patient, bro. You have a temperament, and it's because of the other shit you've done, you've been through. You have a temperament about yourself that most niggas don't have. You know what I'm saying? Because in your life, like, for you not to have that temperament, that could have been life or death in some respect. Mm-hmm. Most motherfuckers don't have to deal with that shit. But that ain't where I learned the temperament. Talk to me then. Where you learned You know what I'm saying? Y'all had the temperament before I even got there. Okay. <clears throat> I had the temperament because... The way my shit was set up. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Boom. My mama was one of 12. Okay. Which means a thousand cousins. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? How my, many? A thousand. thousand my nigga. grandma's house was full of motherfuckers. <laughs> okay, there it is. We went there from Friday to Sunday every week. And you had to find a way to fit in that shit. You know what I'm saying? You had to find your place in that shit. Mm-hmm. And, and then my pops, who took care of us, he was the, you know what I'm saying, single pops type mm-hmm. of deal. Okay. Furious Styles, if, Furious. You, if you know Boys yeah. in the Hood. Shout out to Lawrence Fishburne. He was quick to pop off. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes you be with him, and he'll start his popping off at whatever slight what uh, uh, motherfucking apparent disrespect. He popping all the way to fuck off. And as a kid, <laughs> uh-huh. you looking like, well, you that you might overreact it a bit because yeah, damn that that was you know what I'm saying. You could have played that a little differently, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. And then, you know, when you when you were at your grandma's house and it's all these kids and you're trying to figure your way and your place, right? You had to sit back and observe, and then you'll know, Sorry. then you'll know that it's no rush. It's all gonna come around. You know right. what I'm saying? The things that you need gonna come around. Right. You know what I'm saying? Your place, you're gonna find it. Right. So it was no need to spaz out about anything because you you knew your shit gonna come around. Right. And that's a lesson that I've always took, you know what I'm saying, from, you know, as a little kid to a grown motherfucker. Right. So when you get in the world and and people come at you in different ways, mm-hmm. You had to realize that everything you need, you already got. Yes. And when it's time, you will be able to summons that shit. Right. And get up out the situation the way that you get right. about it. How did you not get, I mean, one of the things I've always been amazed at, like, how did you not get caught up? Because we've been around the, up what? the industry. Like, we've been around a lot of the same niggas, Because by the time I got to the industry, I was fucking fully formed. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I was fully formed. I had done been in the streets. I had done yeah. fucking graduated from college. Yeah. By the time I fucking got to the industry, nigga, mm-hmm. it was different. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. And I had met, I had got with my wife mm-hmm. just as my toes was about to get into it. Mm-hmm. So I had to make a decision whether I was going to go forward with pursuing my wife and my and a family and mm-hmm. shit like that. Mm-hmm. But what I was going to go knee deep in the industry. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it, it was all happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. But I knew, you know, God had whispered to me, like, you know what I'm saying? You knew how your shit was before this. Mm-hmm. I brought you somebody. Yes, sir. They brought you this type of feeling yeah. at this type of time. Yeah. And look at all the shit that done happened since you've been around them. Yeah, yeah. Or Real you could time. go dip your ass into the cesspool <laughs> of whatever this yeah, yeah. 
and then yeah. and then you you get what you get. Yeah. Which door you want? Door number one, door number two. Red pill, blue pill, nigga. Yeah. Matrix. I took the pill that I felt like was I always got a thing where I say you always gotta grow towards the light. Mm-hmm. I took the the pill that felt like the light, nigga. Yeah. And my shit was all good because I had experienced mm-hmm. all fucking bad. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And 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 no way to even fix it. Just like, oh, it's just getting worse and worse. Uh-huh. So that's some real shit. I I always say like I didn't realize this to my my wife now, who's basically been my best friend since ninety eight. Third wife. Third wife. But the one I the one I, I, I was intent like I got married twice before because of other things. But like with her I realized that I've always I was I've I've always been talented enough to get over. But I've never been disciplined enough to be great. And I realized that with her. Because the discipline came in. Because I wasn't chasing. I wasn't in the streets. Whatever, whatever. So, I've, 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 you know, you're one of the few people. Maybe you, Bobby. You know, he knows what I'm talking about. Like, I, I was. Jones? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was around niggas that, like, would sacrifice their fucking kids mm-hmm. just to be, I don't want to say famous, but relevant. You know, and I was like, well, shit, like, I'm not seeing nothing but that. Then here come Ali. Here come people like Bobby. And I'm like, okay. But also, you know, I just had to grow into my own. But, like, that was always there. I always knew that that was an option because I seen a young nigga that was hustling, had influence, whatever. Uh, wasn't wasn't swayed or caught up in the bullshit. Because that's all it was. It was bullshit of what the industry was. Like, in my 20s, I, you know, part of it, I wanted to be famous. And I started mm-hmm. seeing what that shit really did to niggas. I'm like, I don't want that. I don't know what the fuck I want. So, like, watching people like you, I always knew that there was an option. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to figure out who the fuck I am. And I, I and I think that's one of the things that, like, niggas don't tell you in college. Like, they don't tell you that you're not going to figure that shit out maybe till you, you think you got to figure it out, but you might figure not figure that shit out till you 30, 35, 40. Mm-hmm. It, it, it depends on your story. I got it. Literally, it's cliche, but there is a plan for all of us. You know what I'm saying? But you got to just hunker down and goddamn do you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and pray that you can learn from your mistakes and they not, they don't, <laughs> they not too fatal. Word so up. yeah, that, that shit is, um, that, that, that shit is real. So my question to you is like, well, even though I speak at a lot of schools and everybody still want to go into entertainment. And I get it. People want to be podcasters, YouTubers, gamers, what have you. Um, and part of it is because that looks like the, I don't want to say get rich quick, but it's just the sexy shit. Mm-hmm. It's the fun shit. Like, you know, young, I get What's it. What's the I question? So, look, my question is, like, what do you say to people that, like, don't understand the process? Man, you don't say shit. You keep fucking going. They going to figure that shit out. Okay. If you can't tell everybody, you can't school everybody. Okay. You just got to fucking go. Yeah. And, and niggas will realize what, what the fuck it is, man. You think you so? Yeah. I, well, it don't matter. Because <laughs> if they don't, they don't. And they if don't. they do, they do. Yeah. But it ain't my job to, to try to convince everybody. You know what I'm saying? Because okay. the thing about it is. Everybody ain't gonna never be convinced of your vision, yeah. of the vision, of their own vision. But it's but it's niggas out there. This niggas is listening right now. I know, but and, 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 and if they get it, they get it. Okay, you know okay. what I'm saying. Right. But you can't force a motherfucker to get it. A nigga gonna get it in the time that they need it. True, you know what I'm saying. True. Like 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 I didn't get all the shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying. Motherfucker probably told me some shit that I ain't get. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But when it was time, it clicked. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like with your kids, with 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 all this shit, man. Mm-hmm. You be wanna preach and all this shit. Your kids ain't understanding that shit you saying. When I was fucking <laughs> eight years old, right. seven, six years old, my dad told me keep your head on the swivel. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, having, you know what I mean? Having this house stand, this house right. want something, you gotta right. get something. <laughs> right, right, right. And straight ghetto <laughs> parables. Right. right. You don't understand that shit. Nah, hell no. But that, that shit right. catch up. Yeah. When you do get it, it's like, oh, that's what that nigga Repetition. was talking about. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? My dad never talked to us like kids. Yeah. He talked to us like <laughs> we was fucking, you know what I'm saying, understanding of ghetto parables right. and shit. And uh, right. on that motherfucking note, you know what I'm saying? That's a real shit, We about man. to slide. You know what I'm saying? You tell, you know, we, we usually say, you know what I'm saying? We about to transform and roll out. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So tell a friend and even an enemy. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I fucked that up. An enemy? Because I don't never start it off. Okay. It's tell a friend to tell a friend. I'm just a guest. Yeah. you supposed to say and even an enemy. And so I enemy. say tell a friend to tell a friend. And even an enemy. To get in the conversation. Hell yeah. We out. Yes, sir.